Hello and welcome to Someday We'll All Be Dead, a podcast where we talk about all the things with a social work perspective. I'm your host, Hallie Harris, and I'm a hospice social worker. Today is the beginning of the end, my friends, at least for now. I uh, have been working on this podcast since 2018, and I think I've put out some really good content and great interviews, and I do love it, but I am looking at embarking on another adventure, another podcast, And so, um, to wrap things up, nothing soon, nothing immediate, but I am going to start a series that's going to be delving into some personal backgrounds. Matt and I have asked our moms, Melody and Doreen, to talk with us over the next several, probably months to up to a year, to ask them questions and review their lives. We're going to be using the... Uh, life review story kit life story interview kit is what it's called and it's the brand tales t-a-l-e-s and this is stated 150 questions designed to help you capture your loved one's life story through meaningful conversations not only is this going to be a time capsule for us in a memory of our moms but i would like to think that it will offer some things to think about in the line of wisdom from our elders and a reminder of questions that we might ask our own loved ones, whether it be parents or aunts and uncles or siblings, things like that, to get to know each other and have our stories live on. Because truly that's the only way that we continue to live on is in the memories of others. The best part about editing this podcast is realizing that when I was recording this Zoom, I couldn't hear it at the time, but I forgot to turn off original sound. So Doreen's answers and all of her talking is echoed. I am going to try to figure out how to take that out, but I'm guessing I'm not going to be able to, and I don't want to lose her amazing stories and information. So I apologize. Bear with me. I promise I won't do that again. I will learn from this mistake. So without further ado, here we go. So we are here with our mothers. Matt and I are here with our mothers. Melody is my mother. And Doreen's my mom. (laughs) And we are going to spend the next year, year or some months, but year, um, getting to know you. We have this amazing book, or not a book, it's a uh, prompts, 150 prompts. It's called Tales, Life Story Interview Kit, a tool for capturing memories. And it's got 150 questions from early life, midlife, and later life. Qualify. (laughs) (laughs) And we'll start just this first one, just three simple questions. And as we go along, there may be questions that don't apply to you or that we go off on a tangent and that's okay. That's kind of the point, is to ask open-ended questions and get information from you and stories that we might not have otherwise heard. Okay, you know, someday we'll all be dead, right? Someday. (laughs) And we don't want to miss out that we we should have asked questions that we wish we would have known the answers to. Agreed. Yeah. So, would you like to ask the first question? The first one? Mm Mm-hmm. Actually, I'm doing this whole... uh, being the host, so you can ask the questions. Starting out, this is early life, and the question is, where were you born, and is that where you were raised? Doreen, would you like to go first? Okay. 
I was actually born in Providence Hospital in Seattle, but I lived in Renton at the time and I grew up in Renton. Lived there till I was 18 years old. Okay. <laughs> Mother. I was born in a Long Beach Naval Hospital, Long Beach, California. I was not raised there. I was raised all over Southern California from the middle down. We, my father was in the, uh, when I was born he was in the military and then he was in the Border Patrol. So we moved every two years. We didn't have a permanent home. I don't think any time of my life. <laughs> Okay, we'll, we'll probably come back to that, but if you want to, either one of you expound on uh, being raised in that, you know, being in one place and being able to develop friends versus being all over the place seems like a pretty interesting difference between you two. Yeah, I, I can't even imagine what that would be like. It wasn't fun. You don't, yeah. you don't uh, get any lifelong attachments uh, to anybody. Uh, you don't make friends in school because you know you're going to leave. The one place we lived the longest was upstate New York for five years. I did get attachments there. In fact, I still communicate with those people. And other than that, that's it. I, I don't, I don't, I never have had a lot of long-term, lifelong friends besides those three people. Hmm. I met my longtime girlfriend in the first grade and we still communicate, although she has dementia. So she can't communicate back, but I send her cards and stuff, but she's living in Spokane now, but she's my oldest real friend. Is that Diane? My first, Diane Graham. Yeah. yeah. I wish I could say that. Oh, <laughs> that's tough. Yeah, it's very tough. I mean, uh, you keep yourself at a distance, which is not fun. And you're always the new kid. Did you think fun. that you, can I ask a question? Of course. Do you think that you did that purposefully or just as a self-protective Mechanism. You mean not forming attachments with people? Right. When you say you kept them at arm's length. Or... Well, it's because in I knew in two years or less we were leaving. Yeah. So, I mean, I had some friends, but I didn't have any lifelong friends that, you know, would break my heart to leave. Yeah. Because I, I knew that I would probably never uh, hear from them again. You know? Yeah. So, and it was a bit of self-protection on my part, yeah. you know. I would think. So you were, you lived in Renton until you were 18 and then where'd you go? Uh, Cougar Mountain. Oh, that's right. Uh, after I graduated from high school, then we, we all moved up there and I just drove down to Boeing to go to work. I would think that living in the same community all the time um, with the same friends has its own challenges. You you can't ever start a new identity or be new if something happens. You know everybody. Everybody knows your business. <laughs> well, that didn't even occur to me, but yeah, you're right. 
And man, we better have behaved. (laughs) (laughs) Next card. Sure. The next question is, how did you get your name? I'm not sure, but the first child they had was a girl and her name was Sharon Ann and she died right after birth. And then they had my brother named him Dennis. And then what was his middle name? Charles. Dennis Charles. Yeah. And then they had my sister, Diane Carroll. And I think by then they were just hooked into the whole D thing. So they came up with Doreen, but I wasn't sure it was an Irish name. And last night, Michelle and I spent some time together and she Googled it and it is definitely an Irish name. So, yeah. So I'm happy about that. (laughs) I can imagine that must have been pretty devastating for your parents, that first loss. That's incredible that they went on to have four more. Mom never talked about it much. I mean, we knew that it had occurred, but she never dwelled on it or told us anything about it, really. And then uh, when she got dementia and was dying, she would talk about it all the time. Mm. So I never really realized how much it affected her. And I think that's why she was so protective and kept all of us, you know, from exploring more. Yeah, I'm sure it was. I I don't know how my dad felt. I never heard from him about any of it. He was a quiet kind of a guy. And how about you? How'd I get my name? (laughs) Well, this is the story my mom told me. She knew a girl named April. I can't remember. It might have been June. I don't know. It was April or June. I can't remember. Anyway, she fell in love with the name. And that was supposed to be my name. Either April or June. I can't. It's been so long since I've heard the story. I can't remember which one. I think it was April. And when I was born, Melody came out of her mouth. (laughs) (laughs) She doesn't even know where it came from. But my middle name is from my grandmother, and it's a family middle name. And that's... What is it? What is my middle name? It's Levon. And oh. it's French. And the way it's spelled is L-A capital V-O-N. It's not L-A-V-O-N-N-E like most of them. That was my grandmother's middle name and my aunt's middle name. That's cool. <laughs> I'm surprised you didn't give me that middle name. And thank you for not. Why would I do that to you? <laughs> what is your middle name? Rebecca. Is it April? <clears throat> that, Rebecca. that would have been funny, no. <clears throat> Rebecca's cute. Oh, well, mom has a story about Rebecca. <laughs> yeah. That's why you didn't get named Rebecca. <laughs> would you like to share? <laughs> well, <clears throat> we were trying to figure out names for her. And we wanted it to be different. And before she was born, we didn't know if she was a boy or a girl. So we had to come up with two names, a boy's name and a girl's name. And so we were all, we were, I think it was grandma, grandpa, me and your dad. All sitting there talking about names, you know. 
And all of a sudden, my dad says, well, how about Hallie? And I went, oh, that's a cool name, you know. And we asked him about it, and it was a, a gal that she, he knew. And I've seen pictures of her, and she's Native American. And her name was Hallie Zora Trueblood. Oh. And my mother wanted to name her Rebecca. And I said, absolutely not. I don't like the name because it reminded me of Rebecca of Sunnybrook Farms. Hated it. <laughs> so, but, you know, anyway, it ended up Hallie Rebecca. The funny thing was we discovered later on that it was the same initials of, as her dad. H-R-H, oh. -H, which is huh. kind, kind of cool in yeah. the long run. <laughs> yeah, that's cool. But her name was not going to be Rebecca. Absolutely not. <laughs> or Becky. <laughs> <laughs> Although if I, I need I an alter ego, I'll say I'll call myself Becca. <laughs> <laughs> if I need to go undercover. <laughs> I, I think it's pretty interesting that you named both of your sons by what most people would be a nickname instead of Matthew or Christopher, Matt and Chris. How did you come up with that? Well, interesting you'd say that. <laughs> we were talking about names and we said, okay, but let's just name him Chris because everyone's going to shorten it to Chris. And, you know, then what turned out is all his teachers called him Christopher and then he'd have to <laughs> explain it all. And it, all it did was cause a big problem. Same with Matt, Matthew. No, let's just name him Matt. Nobody's <laughs> going to call him anyway. Yeah, well, we thought, except for your teachers. <laughs> it was a good effort. Did you go through that, Matt? Uh, no, but I did say just Matt a lot. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's why we just thought, well, they're going to call him that anyway. Did you have any girl names picked out, just in case? Yes. Uh, Jill. Jill. I, I was going to be Joshua. So. Chris, yeah, you were going to be Joshua. <laughs> Chris was going to be um, Kristen if he was a girl. Interesting and that you changed the name with the second child. You could have kept Kristen as your alternate. Yeah. Well, just Chris and Jill sounded good together. <laughs> all right next question next question so what are some of your earliest memories you want to go you first, go first. earliest memories yeah melody goes first <sighs> from babyhood huh well early years it could be like your teenage years and earlier well i have flashes of my really young time but i mean they're just flashes they're not actual i'm sure they're memories but they're they don't come out uh i remember the most vivid memory i have is when we lived in bakersfield and they had the big earthquake and i think it was this is california in california i can't remember i was pretty little i remember my it shook us out of bed i mean it was the big earthquake 
Maybe I should have started with the fact that you were born in 49 to give us I was born in 1949. Context yes. of age. <laughs> <laughs> and it is currently 2024. Yes. I'm 74 going on 75. And I do remember getting knocked out of bed and my parents coming to get us. So we went, she took us outside and the roads were like a, a wave. I mean, it, they were rocking and rolling Maybe. and the telephone poles were swaying back and forth. Some of them falling. I mean, it was devastating. Wow. And my mom was holding me. I remember my mom holding me on her hip. <laughs> like I said, I don't know how old I was, but I remember that vividly running outside wow. in Bakersfield and having the big earthquake. So that's probably one of my earliest real long memories. Besides my brother, my brother and yeah. I setting the neighbor's fence on fire. <laughs> Would you like to elaborate on that? Well, <laughs> obviously he was playing with matches or something. And we set the bushes on fire on accident. And I remember the neighbors coming through the fence with hoses. So... <laughs> I mean, they got it out. Nobody's house burned down or anything, but we got in a lot of trouble. <laughs> that was me and Jeffrey. Mm. Yeah. So. The second youngest. The second youngest, yes. Yeah. Who is now gone, yeah. Oh, that's interesting now that I think of it. Both of you had three siblings. Yeah. I had three older brothers. I'm the baby. Three older brothers and then me. Yeah. Doreen, how about you? What's uh, some of your earliest memories? Been thinking about that. I had to be about four. I remember playing outside in the backyard with my dolls and stuff in the summer under the apricot tree. That was fun. And one that I'll never forget is my mom was, we were at my, our cabin up in, um, at Lake Holm. Where's that? Out by, that's Lake Holmes out by um, in uh, Black Diamond, kind of. Mm. And she was out on the dock, and there was a snake out there. My mom could not stand snakes. And she had a pitchfork, and she picked that snake up by the pitchfork and flung it. And it landed around my waist. Oh, no. Yeah. <laughs> Yes, it did. <laughs> so that was totally freaky for me. And I had to go up and sit in the cabin with my brother the rest of the day, at least. So that was a scary memory. I remember being at grandma's a lot. That was always fun. Uh, she had a shower. They didn't have a bathtub. And I never got to shower at home. So that was really cool. I could be in there forever, you know, she wouldn't care. <laughs> Just standing that seems in the pretty rain. U unique being in having a shower with no tub back then. Yeah, well they lived in the project houses because they had lost their home mm. when um after the depression. Which, so which grandparents is this? My mom's Teresa and Leonard and she made, you know, it was just a little teeny apartment and they, we had cocoa and I got to draw and stuff. I remember drawing a lot there. 
other than that, nothing really. I, I'd go out in the garage with my daddy, had a big shop, and he was a sign painter. So he would rip off a big sheet of butcher paper, and then I would get to stay out there and draw and color. <laughs> that was fun. That's good. Didn't I already do this? Seemed like you uh, had another memory when she was talking about being in the shop with her dad. <laughs> well, of all the kids, I had three older brothers, and I was more of a boy than my brothers were. Uh, I followed my dad around. He loved woodworking, and he was a beautiful artist. And oh. I used to follow him and was in the shop, and then with my father's father, who tied his own flies. Uh, was amazing to me because he had massive, massive hands and makes you want to think how you can tie these little, tiny, precise flies. Yeah. It was amazing to watch it. Yeah. And he had huge sausage fingers. <laughs> makes you wonder so how he dad. did that. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, I was more of a boy than my brothers were. It was weird. Huh. But that was a nice memory, knowing I following my dad around in the shop and yeah. Yeah. He, he let me sit on his lap in the truck and pretend like I was driving. <laughs> that just came to mind. <laughs> Did you say he had, your dad, Doreen, had big hands too? Yeah. Like, and my brother too. Yeah, they were, well, you'll see him in the movies. Oh, yes. I'm excited <laughs> to see that. I saw the uh, picture of it. Of the of the disc, yeah, the discs. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. Does does the one Chris did? He put all the videos, old videos, on the CDs or whatever. Uh, I that, think they were all like uh, uh, Super Eight film. Yeah, I think the one that you saw that Chris made was of Matt and Chris when they were little. Mm. But this is. Donna, me, Diane, Denny, and my parents when they were very young. That'll be fun. Yeah. Well, I think it'd be fun just because you don't know them. You've never got to know them. And probably some, I don't know if you've seen those or not, Matt. It's been a long time. I think we we watched them like at the Clyde Hill house. They're projecting them on the wall, I think. Maybe. Yeah. Long time ago. <laughs> yeah. In that cool seventies house that Uncle Denny used to have. Yeah. <laughs> yeah um, do you have a DVD player? No, but I, I think I'm going to get one. Okay. I looked on Amazon; they're pretty reasonable. So. Cool. We probably yeah. have an extra one. <laughs> I think the last one I had was one Matt gave me, but. It'd be nice. I gave all my movies to Donna, but I can't ask for them back. <laughs> Any other memories come to mind for you? Oh, there's tons of memories I have back in my memory bank, but, you know, most of them are fights with my brothers and, <laughs> yeah, you know, fights at school, fights my brothers used to get me into with boys. <laughs> I mean, they basically beat me up until I could beat them back and then they didn't mess with me anymore. <laughs> but then it was fun for them to get me in fights with boys because I could beat them up. 
They thought that was pretty fun. But if I lost, then they would beat up the guy that beat me up. <laughs> Sounds fair. <laughs> so, yeah. I mean, it sounds funny now. Probably was a little bit of a form of child abuse back then. <laughs> <laughs> and going fishing with my dad, that was awesome. He was a fishing guide up on the St. Lawrence River. I used to go out with him. And I'd drive the boat while the guys fished. Let's go. Oh, fun. So, yeah. I don't have a lot of, I have a lot of memories, but <clears throat> not a lot that are we're sharing <laughs> maybe when we get into later life maybe <laughs> is that all the questions is there more questions we're gonna dig into more well i didn't want to overwhelm you with too many questions at first because i didn't know how many rabbit holes we would get into but <laughs> since if you're up for uh questions on the fly uh doreen sure. we can ask a couple more were you ever given any special awards for your studies or school activities? Hmm. Not just art things. Just, and I have a lot know, in common. <laughs> I, uh, there was a contest. I think I was in the fourth grade. And there was a contest at this car dealership. It had all windows, you know. So you got your own panel of window to paint on. And I painted a Halloween scene and I, I think I won $25. That's pretty cool. That's good. That is cool. Yeah. So art projects more than that or just that one? Well, the, the nuns always had me and a couple of girlfriends decorate the boards because, you know, we could draw. But nothing, you know, mental just <laughs> i would I argue that art is mental for, i didn't get any awards for any math problems that i solved or anything it was just the artistic side yeah i didn't get any academic awards either <laughs> but i did get art accolades i didn't get any big medals or acknowledgement or anything i mean I loved art. That was what I did in school. As far as Same everything here. else, I really didn't care. <laughs> <laughs> Me too. <laughs> oh, swimming. I was a synchronized swimmer. Oh, wow. So I forgot about that. <laughs> I was a synchronized swimmer. Wow, that's amazing. It's hard work. I can't even swim. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, my dad taught us all to swim when we were very little. Uh, we used to ride on his shoulders in a pool, and he'd take us down as deep as, all the way to the deep end. And when we were done, we'd tap him on the head, and he'd bring us up so we could breathe. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we all swam at a very early age. Is that because he was a diver in the Navy? Yeah, he was a deep-sea diver and a salvage diver, scuba diver. He, he was a diver, period. He loved the water and loved diving. Hmm. Yeah. When he was in the Navy, one wore one of those big round helmets. Yeah. And he, somewhere there's some articles where he found, they went down diving and he salvaged a bunch of counterfeit plates. Hmm. Oh. So it was a big deal. I don't remember now. I haven't read the article in so long that there's pictures and stuff of him uh, going under and then bringing up these big 
counterfeit That's plates. Amazing. So that was cool. Yeah, he was a diver. Well, I imagine for you, part of your lack of interest in other subjects was your reading challenges. Well, being dyslexic, yeah, it was very hard. But I was never made to feel like I was inferior to anybody. You already know I had to quit. I flunked third grade because they didn't know I didn't know how to read at that point. And had to have a tutor, a private tutor for the summer. And uh, forget everything I'd ever learned and start over. Um, so, but in, in school, I was in what they called then remedial reading, which is easier books. I don't know mm. what they called it. But anyway, it was a slower pace. And But I got teased a lot, but it didn't bother me. My parents and, you know, built up my confidence enough where... I didn't care. I was still learning. And uh, I was just as good as everybody else. So I didn't have that uh, inferiority complex that a lot of people do yeah. that have dyslexia and or have learning disabilities. I didn't have that problem. As you can probably tell, I didn't have that problem <laughs> of confidence. So I can't imagine where I get that from. <laughs> I, I, I'm thinking that I have some sort of learning disability, but no one ever picked up on it because we'd have those, um, what were those tests called? Achievement tests. <laughs> yeah. And I could read them. I could read all the words, but I, I had no idea what I'd read. Comprehension. Reading comprehension was horrible. Still is. Yep. Me too. I have to read. Yeah. Uh, if I read a book, I can read a paragraph and look up and not tell you what I read. Same here. I have to read it That's three or four times. That's why I don't times. read. It, it's just frustrating. I can it's start so funny it over 20 parallels. times. Yeah, it is. It really is. <laughs> Pretty much the only difference is you lived in the same place forever and I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, seems like that's the thing. But you are a good cook, and I am not. <laughs> oh, you are a good cook. Oh, I'm an okay cook when I cook. <laughs> I don't cook very often anymore. <laughs> so, you yeah. are a good cook. It's it's. Funny I'm gonna make you a video on making gravy. So. Oh, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That, it's funny, though, you know, I, I was watching my friend's mom make gravy, like, the week before that, and everybody has a different way. Yeah. Yeah. So. It's easy when you, if you don't do it the hard way. <laughs> I don't do anything the hard way if I can avoid it. Me too. So, but, yeah, making a roux is hard. It's a pain in the butt. I'll, I'll make a video for you. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Hallie will come and record it. She'll hold my phone. <laughs> well, to be fair, I think we both like both of your cooking or we wouldn't have asked you to make cookbooks for us. <laughs> and that's you too, Doreen. Yeah. The, the things that I do make are pretty tasty, but... I didn't care to cook when they were little and I, it had to be cheap, fast and something they'd eat. So, you know, it wasn't any gourmet stuff. You didn't starve. Yes, I know, but there wasn't much time to spend cooking at the end of the day. 
I didn't even know how to cook until I was 25. Oh. I couldn't boil water. I would burn it. <laughs> it's true. It was terrible. <laughs> how to burn water. <laughs> you forget about it on the stove and it burns down and ruins your pan. <laughs> yeah. I've done that a few times. <sighs> uh, Doreen, I would love to hear your reaction of the story I've heard from Matt so many times about the... Uh, the foil. How do you make chicken? Uh -huh. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we oh. were staying with my Aunt Di. Or she was staying with us. I can't remember what it was. Well, we actually, she was planning a trip to the ocean. Oh. And she was going to make food to bring. And she asked Matt if he liked chicken. And he said yes. And she said, well, how do you like your chicken? And he said... I don't know. And she said, well, how does your mom fix it? And he said, well, she just peels back the foil and puts it in the oven. <laughs> were, were you there when this conversation happened? No. You, you weren't there when they had this conversation? Well, I guess not. I guess maybe she was talking to him on the phone or something. Or she told you the story, one or the other. Yeah later yeah that was hilarious and embarrassing <laughs> swanson wrong with swanson's tv dinners it just peels back the foil i ate my fair share of tv dinners despite mom being a good cook they yeah. were handy they are and they're already proportioned out you get what you get yep <laughs> i used to boil in a bag if it didn't boil in the bag i didn't cook it it was terrible. <laughs> I don't think I did that much, but yeah, a lot of quick hot dogs and cream chip beef on toast. That was the easiest. We had a lot of hot dogs, apparently, because Matt's drawings revealed that. <laughs> <laughs> what is this? Hot dogs. He, uh, when he went to kindergarten, he brought home a piece of art. It was just a big white eight by 10 piece of paper with a little curved red thing on it. And I said, what is that? And he, it said just a single hot dog. <laughs> <laughs> and another picture he drew was Chris eating a hot dog. <laughs> so we, we had a lot of hot dogs apparently. <laughs> Oh, hot dog uh, sounds good, actually. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's funny. <laughs> well, before we end this, do you have any other questions for your mom? Uh, not right now. I'll start thinking of some more for next time. Yeah. I know I've asked you tons of questions, but I'll I will defer those questions for as we go down the list of new questions in the box. Um, any last? Uh, early memories that you you have thought of while we were talking or want to share things about your very early childhood early childhood there's a lot of my childhood i don't remember it's kind of blanked yeah. out mostly on self-survival yeah so yeah. most of the things that i remember when i was little is because of the movies i see you know them pulling us on a sled and stuff like that. Mm. I don't really remember being on the sled and being pulled, but 
but the movie show it. So I remember that. Oh, I don't know if that's in the list, so I'll just ask it now in case it's not. What is the earliest movie you ever remember seeing? <laughs> movie or TV show? A uh, TV show for me was Roy Rogers. Yeah. TV show. You for... had a lot less choices back then. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I think Mr. Ed, we watched Mr. Ed. We watched, and we watched Roy Rogers too. And Doreen, when were you born? 47. 47. So you both remember TV going from black and white to color. Oh, for sure. Yeah. We used to rent and a color Mickey TV. Mouse Club. Yeah. <laughs> we used to rent a color TV. We had a black and white TV, but every year when all the new shows came in, my parents would go rent a color TV. That's... Huh. And we'd have to take it back, of course. <laughs> I don't remember the choice to rent a color TV. Maybe I just... Maybe they just were like, no, we're not doing it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. But I do remember when color came in. That must have been revolutionary at the time. It's pretty exciting. For sure. But then you lost some of your imagination. Hmm. Because, so? well, in black and white, you can imagine whatever colors you want them to be. <laughs> and then when color came out, it was kind of disappointing sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, is that what color the leaves are? <laughs> <laughs> what about movies? Do you remember the first movie you saw or the first time you went to a theater? Well, the first movie I ever saw was Bambi. And then... Did you cry as much as I did when I saw it? I don't remember. but I did. I do remember my brother and I going to a movie. I wasn't supposed to go, but Jeff and I went to a movie. We went to see Psycho. <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> you went to see Psycho in the theater? How old were you? I must have been, I don't know what year that was. Still black and white. Yeah, it was black and white. Well, we lived in New York, so I had to have been 13, maybe? Yeah, I was thinking 15, 16. Yeah, 1960 is when it came out, so you were 11? Yeah, I would have been 11 or 12. <laughs> Jeff was about the same. Well, he was 18 months older than me, so he was 13. And yeah, I must have been 12. We went to see Psycho. We went in. I don't know why they didn't let us in the theater. I really don't know. Because I think it was, you're supposed to be 16 or 18. I can't remember. But <laughs> they weren't really rated. They were, but they weren't. So we got in the movies and we were sitting there and we watched the whole movie. Both of us scared to death. And just before he went down the stairs, when he came down the stairs to stab the cop, we both ran out screaming. Spoiler alert. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we ran out. We never did see the end of the movie. <laughs> I don't remember much except the shower. <laughs> <sighs> Do you remember the first movie, Doreen, that you went to see in the theater or that you saw? thinking about that i remember going to white christmas with my sister but i don't know how old i was probably saw other movies before that but that one sticks out that's a good one i was thinking watching on you know anything on tv that made me cry was dumbo stuff <laughs> yep. like that oh my god I mean, that was brutal. That was very I sad. I was always trying not to cry, you know. 
just I could feel just choking back the tears and and then my mom would pick up on it and I'd say my throat hurts and she would go get me a sucret <laughs> but I really was trying not to cry well I'm 47 even thinking about Dumbo makes me want to cry well that uh the mother scene when she's got her trunk out holds, yes. rocking her baby oh my god yeah. <laughs> they had some sad kid movies Disney yeah. was morbid yeah. back then <laughs> you remember Timmy Mouse yes <laughs> yeah. <laughs> my grandma would read that to Matt and he would get all sad yeah I don't remember the story of Timmy Mouse it's I think I was looking for one on uh I thought you, we have a copy now. Do we have a copy? I think so. I did order then. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The little sibling mice. Little the. I can't. I can't remember the whole story right now, but yeah. But it was sad. Yeah. I don't, yeah. yeah. He always got sad. Grandma would say. Have a sucrets. Have a sucrets. I think great great grandma was more tuned in than grandma <laughs> well that's uh probably about it for this episode this first episode how do you both feel so far fine, fine. yeah better than i thought it would go yeah <laughs> i was a little nervous it's funny mm -hmm. realizing how parallel our lives were but so different at the same time yeah no this kidding yeah and that how we took this long to come together and realize that <laughs> i mean you know a lot of life has gone by and we sort of just met yeah you know well to yeah. be fair the times that we've been together they were you know holidays or whatnot it wasn't necessarily like hey tell your life story the first time you meet yeah true this was nice i liked it good and we'll get together same time same place next next weekend yeah, same same bat time, same bat channel, if it works for everybody. And uh, I'll send you all the questions so you have time to think about it. Okay. Thank you. Thanks yeah. for doing this. What is that little box called? It's called Life Tales. Stories? Tales, T-A-L-E-S, Life cool. Story Interview Kit. Hmm. Tools for capturing their memories. And it's, it's really built to... Um, help capture your loved one's life story through meaningful conversations. And how did you find out about it? I actually saw something similar on social media and instead of buying through their website and it was more expensive, I went on to look for a couple of other options and this is the one I landed on. Oh, that's nice. Too bad they didn't have them when we were younger to realize what questions we needed to ask our parents <laughs> and yeah. our grandparents, you know, exactly. exactly. Yeah, <laughs> I know. Thank you both for doing this with us, and we appreciate you. We'll see you next week. Thank you. Okay, for inviting us. <laughs> we love you. We love you. Love you. Love you. Bye. 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 This concludes our first episode with our moms to start our interview process, and we're starting in the early life, and we will proceed with that. We will end up in middle life, and then towards the end of life at the end of our questions if you have other questions you'd like us to ask feel free to reach out you can find me at someday dead pc at gmail.com 
I would say go to Twitter, but I'm really hardly on there. So you can also find me at Hospice Hallie on TikTok and Hospice Hallie on Instagram. Please be well. Question your elders. Learn from them. Love each other when that's possible. Set good boundaries. And remember to live because someday we'll all be dead. <laughs>